this week's episode of the High Impact Man podcast, you're going to hear from a man by the name of Matt Ryburn, a.k.a. 88 from F3 Gold Rush. He kind of like uh, acted like the Beverly Hillbillies, and he headed west from the East Coast, and instead of going searching for some bubbling crude, he launched F3 in uh, the Sacramento region, and uh, it's been nothing but growth and positive things happening there for the men of F3 and the, and the men of that area since that time. So sit back and just hear this great story of planting a shovel flag and making F3 happen where he ended up in life. Welcome to the High Impact Man podcast. High impact men from across the nation sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope. Gosh, seek transformational relationships. What you're hearing from the culture is not right. Pick up the six, you know what I mean? But you never know who your six sometimes is. Stop being less help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs. Last week marked six years since my first F3 Nation post in San Mateo, California. I was out of shape and lonely from a friendship perspective and allow me a moment of reflection. Through the journey, I've met some of the best men around the country. I launched an F3 region in Sacramento in 2018 with a single Saturday workout. Today, there are six regions with a seventh on the way and 82 regular locations weekly, seven days a week. I serve in the national F3 team connecting the local region in half the country. Currently, I travel two to three times a year to co-lead a section of a leadership event called GrowRuck. I've been able to go to F3 in 31 regions across the United States. I have a community across the country and parts of the globe who welcome me without question. There are definitely days where I don't want to get up when my alarm goes off at 4.35 in the morning, but the pool of the accountability to the guys from my supportive wife and my kids, gets me out there on those tougher days. I think she's resolved to the fact that I'm a little nuts for doing this early morning stuff. It said you stand on the shoulders of giants, and it's true here. Thank you to Dread and OBT for kicking off the whole party 12 and a half years ago. There's one word that comes to mind when I look at all the Sacramento area workouts by men in leadership with passion for their community. Honored. Early in 2019, a guy asked me my vision for F3 in our area. I showed him a map of Northern California and said to fill this map with shovel flags because that's how impactful F3 can be for changing the cities and towns we call home. It's amazing to see the hand of God move when I take a step back and look at what he has done. Once again, honored. That, my friends, is the essay from our man, our latest guest on our podcast episode. His name is 88. He's from, uh, you might have guessed, from out in the Gold Rush area in, in California. He was Nantan. He was Sector Q out there. He's a current trainer for Grow Ruck, and he's our guest uh, on this episode. I'm your host, Nevin Gorky. My name is D, uh, D. Fibbin, the gloom with my F3 brothers. Joined, as always, by Troy Klinger, uh, Dial-Up in the gloom. And uh, Dial-Up, uh, this is, I think, our second guest from the West Coast. Yeah, I think so. Right, we had Gobbler on. Right. From the Seattle, Seattle area. area, yeah, and Coma. now we've got Gold Rush, All right? Yeah, I'm thinking back. I can't think of any others. Yeah, so we got to cool. get some more West Coast guys. Got some West Coast guys. Right? Yeah, maybe 88 can give us the lowdown. You haven't offended anybody out west yet. No, we're due geography or anything. Yeah. <laughs> so his real name is Matt Ryburn. 88. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm uh, really excited to be here and uh, happy to be talking with you. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, I you know we get we get guests all kinds of ways. A lot a lot of guests come referred to us by other people, 
Um, but uh, I read your essay in the latest F3 newsletter that I just read uh, on air, and I thought, man, we got to get this guy on the podcast to, to hear his story yep. uh, so he, he could uh, just have his story told out there for other guys to be motivated and encouraged and inspired by, right? Yeah, and great. And and one thing you didn't note though is like I think you guys have some of the some of the cooler swag, <laughs> like just that gold rush and the spike. Like it's it's a pretty cool logo that they got going. It's a nice swag. And we get, do. I, I can get into that a little bit too if you guys want to. Do, do you guys still do uh, the spike for the hundredth post for each packs? We do, we do, and it's kind of become a thing in Sacramento that each region kind of has their own little twist on it. Um, and so, but Gold Rush, uh, what I consider my home region. We still give out the spikes, um, and and it's always a special, you know, special day when a guy hits his hundredth. Yeah, yeah, it is. And in our region, Dialup came up with the idea of giving out bricks. So he paints a, a brick black, put your name on it, F three logo, and stuff for your hundredth post. But, but, but I think seeing your spike was what kind of got my brain thinking. Oh. Like you know, we should do something to yeah to recognize guys when they hit hundred posts because that's yeah, you know, it's pretty. It's a pretty big milestone. Like Absolutely. guys, have, they're not just dabbling in F three. Like those guys have made some type of commitment to get yeah. to a hundred post. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's, I kind of kicked eyes, the ideas around and, and, and a, just a, a black brick with the F3 logo and their name and hundred posts and the dates, what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's I came awesome. about, yeah, that's you, awesome. Yeah, and what's cool is you can make it uh, what as simple as you, as you want and unique to your region. Yep. You know, if you're in St. Louis and you want to give them a, you know, spray paint a beer can, go for it, you know, <laughs> that's right. do something with the local flair. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So for those who don't know, F3 stands for Fitness Fellowship in Faith. It's a nationwide, now worldwide, movement of men. Uh, we work out always outside. That's one of the rules, one of the core principles that we have to be outside. And uh, we do it uh, for the invigoration of male community leadership. That's our mission. And uh, 88 here, everybody gets a nickname when you join F3. 88 are, is our guest here, obviously, and he's been really uh in, instrumental in the growth of F3 out in California. And uh, we're going to you know, g- get to know him and, and his F3 story a little bit more. Um, so, 88, tell us, I mean, you kind of did in the essay, but tell us how you got involved with F3 and uh, how you got your name. Sure. Um, so, I'm going it, to gonna back up before my initial involvement with F3. My wife and I uh, actually lived in Charlotte, North Carolina mm-hmm. uh, for six and a half years uh, in two, starting in 2011. Uh, actually, the day F3 was born, January 1st was the day we drove into town. Little did I know that, you know, Dread, OBT, and 33 other guys were doing uh, an F3 workout. The very first, what is what was to become F3, because, right, it didn't right. have a name then. Yep. Um, at, at AG Middle, and we drove into town. So we lived there. And I, throughout the years of living there, six and a half years, um, you started to see, you know, the mag, the car magnets, the bumper stickers around town, like you would for the certain, uh, you know, uh, Orange Theory or things like that, that people like to put on their vehicles, right? You started mm-hmm. seeing F3 because you lived in Charlotte. But I just never did it because in Charlotte, the YMCA is, it's a thing. Like, you know, you move to town and people ask you, okay, awesome, welcome. Where do you move from? Where do you work? Which YMCA do you go to? Well, I was, we were that family. We went to the YMCA. Yeah. Did the early, I did the early morning classes, uh, group, group fitness classes, and did, I had my thing and was never uh, explicitly, I guess, invited to F3. So I had my thing. I was good. Um, then fast forward 27, we decide my wife and I decided to move back to our home state of California. 
and be closer to family because um, we had at the time a one, almost one and three-year-old and we wanted them to be closer and grow up closer to cousins and uh, grandparents uh, and aunts and uncles. So we moved back to California and uh, we were living in the, the San Francisco Bay Area right near Stanford University. Mm-hmm. And a um, little bit, uh, my, my wife went right into work. I had being in real estate um, as, a, as my vocation, I had to get a, do my licensing in California. And so I was doing a lot of home studying and watching the kids. And let's just say I got lonely. Uh, we moved to an area um, in California where we didn't know anybody. I grew up in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and had lived there my whole life, um, all the way through the time that we moved to Charlotte. And, and we just didn't know anybody. And I was kind of getting out of shape and huffing and puffing. Um, and at simple little things that I shouldn't have been. <laughs> and I thought to myself, you know what? I'm, I know what F3 is loosely. I know it's a fit. I know they work out, they exercise. I'm just going to like check out the website a little bit. Uh, maybe they've got locations or a, a, like a locations tab or something and see if there's something in California. Well, lo and behold, at that time, uh, July, well, uh, in, I was probably June. I was looking June of 2017. There was one single workout, like period, one workout on a Saturday morning, 15 minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. The only one in California at that time. Wow. Um, and I thought, well, shoot, I have done the legwork to actually like research this. I guess I kind of have to go, All right. uh, you know, the, 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 it was a 7am workout. Like mo- a lot of, uh, Saturday workouts are, um, across the country. And so I'm, I'm a morning person. So that didn't, you know, phase me. Um, so I got up and went, found him, uh, on campus, um, on the, on the campus. I was actually a little bit I was on time, but I found them a little late because the address sent me to the wrong part of campus. And then, so I just jumped into the, I probably missed the first five minutes of the workout. I just jumped in, started doing dips. I can picture it now in my head. And, uh, and they, they asked me at the COT when we were doing, uh, going around, they said, how do you find out about us or who brought you out? I said, nobody, I did. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they thought I was crazy. They were like, <laughs> really? <laughs> okay, awesome. Welcome. <laughs> So, um, they were going, and as far as my name, 88, um, they were going around the circle asking me, you know, the typical questions, uh, hobbies, where you grow up. So I said, I grew up in the Los Angeles area. Uh, I'm a, my sports teams that I follow are the Lakers, um, and the Dodgers. And so they started kind of going down the road of, um, of the, they, they, they kind of keyed in on baseball because at that point in time, the San Francisco Giants had just had their little string of uh, World Series championships. And I yeah. think it was 12, 14, 16 or something, something in there. They won two or three championships. And so they just wanted to remind me that 1988 at that point in, in time was the last year that the Dodgers had won the World Series. Uh. So they just wanted to say, they wanted me to, every time I heard 88, remember, hey, it's been 29 <laughs> years. When, where's your championship? Yeah. And of course I got lots of messages in 2020 uh, when they, when they won the, you know, when they, when the Dodgers won the title again, uh, really change your name and whatnot. But I said, no, 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 no. Uh, 88 is it. It's stuck. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, some people ask me, do I need to put the apostrophe? I'm like, no, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but some people ask me, they think it was your first car, you know, some terrible 1988 model, 
whatever. And I said, you know, no. Is it a piano reference? No, it's it's after the year 1988. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. You can't change your name. Probably got t-shirts with it on, tattoos. Yeah, <laughs> tattoos. Yeah, <laughs> three bucks. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember what I couldn't remember how you got your name because we always ask that, and I'm like, you know, I, I I like we were talking before we came on the air here. I was like, yeah, I know I read your story somewhere, and it was we we decided that it was uh, for the newsletter back you know a year year and a half or so ago. And I remember talking in that article. They talked about how you got your name, but I couldn't I couldn't remember the story. But as soon as you started talking about baseball. And the Dodgers then are like, ah, that's what it was. I remember now. Yeah, I think I had told them that my, you know, my, my, uh, my, my dad's dad, so like my, my grandpa on my dad's side, um, you know, he's been a part of a season ticket holder group since Dodger Stadium opened. Since then, then my yeah. parents took it on. My sister has now taken it on those seats. Yeah, and so we would, it was they really keyed in on 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 that aspect and just wanted to drive home, you know, the 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 gap. Right. You know, if you will, in championship years. Could so, have been a lot worse. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. It's unique. It's a number name. I get excited when I meet another guy across F3 who has a name with a number in it. Uh, 529er up in Seattle comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few other guys as well. Cool. 529er. Does he do, does he do like educational loans for uh, like 529 <laughs> no. plans? I've met him. He's a great guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't I don't remember off the top of my head what where, his story is. Where was sorry if you got other questions lined oh, up, ahead, Jeff, but I'm curious. Where was that original shovel pla- shovel flag planted in California? Uh, it was at, in the city of San Mateo, California, which is just south of San Francisco uh, on what they call the peninsula. Um, so if you go straight south uh, from San Francisco, smack between um, the city San Francisco yeah. and San Jose is like the city of. San Mateo, California. Okay. And it was at Hillsdale High School. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we just worked out at the track and uh, at the high school campus there. And uh, it was it was a great time. And I, I loved it. I mean, I hated it. You know, I loved it, but I hated it at the same time, right? That first workout where you're, you know, the, the former athlete in me was questioning myself, like, what have I gotten myself into? Right. A, why am I this out of shape? Yeah. And B, I, I can't not finish this workout because my pride right. <laughs> is, is really taking a hit here, but I've got to finish it. But afterwards there's that, like, uh, that feeling where the endorphins kick in and you're like, that was awesome. I want more. Yeah. Yeah. So what were you doing at the Y what kind of workouts were you doing there? They were, you know, they were the, the group, they called them group exercise. So it was a lot of similar stuff. I'd say higher cardio, less push ups. Uh, uh-huh. Um, but I had, you know, I had soccer moms running circles around me, uh, <laughs> but, but it, you know, but it, it was the type of thing where you go in, you get your workout and then you don't like, nobody talks to anybody. Like Believe. a couple people do, yeah but I think in the several two and a half or so three years that I can remember, I was very, very consistent with it. Um, I, I don't, I, there were a few people I talked to, you know, maybe in the locker room afterwards, but I, you know, you don't meet anybody. F3 is just different in yeah. a great way. Right, right, right. Yeah. I think, you know, part of it is the difficulty. The other part is I think to being outside, you know, when you're, when you're rolling around in the dirt and mud and grass and getting dirty and it's raining or snowing or whatever, you know, I think that's, I thought that, that, that has a lot of different uh, positive things about it, but yeah. I think that's one of them. It scares some people off. Yeah, yeah, of course. But, yeah. But the marshmallows. Uh, yes. Softies. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're a real realtor in San in Sacramento. I was just at a conference. I'm a physician assistant. I meant 
uh, this lady, she's a PA from Sacramento, and they were hiring. They were looking to hire somebody. And she said, yeah, we, you could uh, tell your wife she can go to uh, Lake Tahoe and uh, Napa Valley and the wine place. And I was like, boy, she would like that. But um, six years ago, six, seven years ago, uh, I was looking for a job in, in around the country. I ended up going to Florida for a year and then moving back here. But there was a job out in Sacramento, and I thought, well, looks like a good job and i looked at the cost of real estate and i said that's way too expensive am i wrong i mean can i afford a nice house in sacramento uh you definitely can um they uh over the past especially since since uh 2020 um you know the so many people uh being able to work remote prices have obviously inflated uh-huh. um but people people can afford homes here uh that your money definitely does not go as far as other parts of the country. That's for sure. Uh, but it can be done. And, and a lot of times wages increase a little bit uh, out here just because uh, kind of, make up of cost of living. Yeah. Uh, but it is very nice to be able to, you know, from where I sit, we, we day trip skiing to Tahoe. Uh-huh. Uh, that's no big, I mean, world-class skiing within an hour uh, and we can get to Napa in 90 minutes too. Yeah. Well, that is an enticement. But then my wife informed me that we're not moving to California. So, <laughs> and we just built a house that we're actually in, in the, my gym in the basement recording from. So, uh, yeah, we, we just we just built a new house. So we're not going anywhere for a while. But yeah, I was just curious because, um, yeah, whatever. Nobody cares about that anyway. <laughs> so tell us about uh, how you say you grew up in Los Angeles. Tell us what life was like for for a little eighty eight when you were like you know a twenty two or something. Sure. Uh, so when I was 22, just getting out of college. Uh, no, no, I meant I, no, that was a know, joke. I meant you know, 22 <laughs> smaller than 88. You you could go as far back as you want. I mean, if you want to go, yeah. But uh, I, I did grow up in Los Angeles, just north of LA County, or in the northern part of LA County. And you know, I, I tell people LA was is a great place to be from. Uh, it's it's just not a place for for me anymore. Uh, but growing up, uh, you know, I have a I have a younger sister, and um, I was involved um, in in the field, I would call them field sports, uh, played football, I was a kicker in high school and college, uh, played soccer, played baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't really, you know, a, a, a court guy. I didn't play tennis, didn't play basketball, but anything on grass, I loved it. Just loved to run around, run around on grass and, and be active in, in that sense. And I uh, was able to play football, uh, like I mentioned, through college. Um, my foot got me through there. I went to a small uh, NAIA school in Los Angeles called Azusa Pacific University. Yeah, I've heard of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, our, our probably our most famous alumni, uh, Christian Okoye. World is Christian Okoye, the Nigerian yeah. nightmare. Wow. Yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah, that baby. Nice. Yeah, good, good pull. Good yeah. pull. Yeah. Uh, All right, career longest field so, goal. Career longest field goal. Sorry to interrupt. Say again. Career longest field goal. Career longest in college was uh, 42 yards, and in high school, I hit from 48. All right, all right. I got. I got to tell the story because oh, if my daughter ever listens to this episode. Oh, okay. She's gonna say, "Why didn't you tell them about this?" So, <laughs> not to make you feel bad or anything, but uh, my son's two years younger than my daughter, and he was ninth grade. My wife thinks you should be a field goal kicker because my kids both played soccer. So she's taking my son to the football field, practicing field goal kicking. And one day my daughter went with him. My daughter's at this point in 11th grade and she had flip-flops on. Okay. She's about five foot three and uh, she kicked off her flip-flops. She made it from 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, and 50 yards barefoot. There you go. So, you know, I got a shout out to Kylie. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's impressive. I love it. I love it. <laughs> stick, I, I, that's she would never do it if some ball. big guys were coming to try to block it. So there's no chance exactly. of that. That's, that's, the, that's the caveat. I'm very <laughs> impressive. Stands on its own. That's awesome. Yeah. Can she do it with, yes, three, you know, three or, or five or so, you know, guys with their hands uh, up in the air and yeah. not bubbles coming out of their nose and, you know, their <laughs> desire is to, re- uh, you know, run you over. Right. Yeah. Plus you got to get it up high early, right? Right. Get right. it over the line. Yeah. She didn't have to do that. So it makes me, it makes me chuckle because, you know, Pong, Pong was kicking field. Like he was going over and kicking field goals all the time for a while. And he talked about going out for the f- kicking for the football team. And the coach, right. one of the coaches even like approached him about, because when he was over there practicing, like he's, you know, hitting some bombs. And the coach is like, dude, you should come kick for us. Like we need a kicker next year. Right. And uh, so he thought about it. And he's like, what do you think, Dad? I said, I think you would do great right up until the point where there's like a bad snap and right. you end up with the ball <laughs> and there's there's a bunch of linemen burling, burling down on you. You're going to turn around. You're going to run the opposite direction and try and get away so from good. So good. Yeah. He goes, yeah, you're probably right. That's when you just fall on the bar and pr- or, or until, the ball and pray. Right, or until he hits the kickoff and the, the guy breaks it. Yeah, forget Breaks it. it back and he's the last man between the, forget the about end it. zone. And he's like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I love my kid, but yeah. <laughs> this kid's he, a really good athlete but he's he would, not very big he would shy away from contact a little bit yeah he's yeah. not a he's not a big dude yeah so um but how was family life for you how many you have brothers and sisters what i have a younger sister um and uh she's two years younger than me i'm, I'm 42 now uh so she's she's hitting the four zero later this year so oh, shout baby. out to my sister um but uh she was involved in dance so um you know, her and I both got an athletic gene. My dad played a little tennis in high school. Uh, my mom was not an athlete. Um, she would ski growing up, uh, but she was not like a team sports or an individual sport um, as far as like, you know, mono mono type of sport uh, person growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, another, neither of them really uh, pursued anything beyond, you know, high school. Um, but uh, my, my sister danced on the dance team uh, in college in Las Vegas, and then I played, you know, small college football. Mm. So, yep. um, yeah, a little bit of athletic, uh, you know, pedigree in the family, uh, which is, which is kind of cool. And I think, uh, our, our my two kids are kind of following that footsteps. My wife's also an athlete, former athlete, um, and grown up. And so our, our kids are, we're, we're into that life at, at them being nine and seven. So, uh, it's, nice. it's a lot of fun. Uh, maybe you mentioned it, but what, what are their genders, the nine and seven year old? A uh, nine-year-old son, uh, we call him Tar Heel in the Gloom. I was going to say, is, did he dad. post yet? That's That was going to be my next question. Yep. He, both kids were born in Charlotte. Right. Um, so we, we call my son Tar Heel at F3 Dad, and then my daughter is uh, the seven-year-old, and we call her Tiny Dancer. But right. uh, um, they're, they're, they're both a ton of fun and love going to F3 Dads whenever, whenever we're not, they're not playing baseball or softball or soccer. Yeah. That's yeah, cool, man. Very good. Uh, did you meet your wife in college? Did you say that? I'm sorry. I, sometimes I, well, uh, we, we both went to the same school, but we actually met uh, It's a really long story. Uh, but we met outside of like 10 years later, uh, Azusa Pacific is not a large school by any stretch. I think when we were there, there was maybe, maybe 5,000 students, mm-hmm. um, which for me coming from a high school where I graduated with 144 students in my class, like 5,000 is huge to me, yeah, Right, but relatively speaking, right, small school, we actually met 10 years later just because we were in different circles on campus mm-hmm. um, based on our major. Um, and we met through mutual friends 10 years later. So just kind of a, you know, stroke of God's guiding. And um, we've been married for 13 years now. Nice. Well, how did you meet? 
Um, just, just social. I mean, the short of it, social media was okay. was kind of the, the 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 conduit to it. You know, Facebook was new and connected through some mutual friends on that. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta get more romantic story. Dial up likes likes the romance. <laughs> so she, she was in a burning building. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, cool, man. So, um, you're uh, you, you own your own business now, right? As a realtor, not just a realtor. You you and your wife work together. We do work together. Um, we're we're affiliated with uh, with a big national brokerage, Keller Williams, um, and we have a we have a team here in Sacramento. We have two business partners, but we have about twenty twenty two folks uh, that that work uh, on our team, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, rocking and rolling. Uh, uh, we're, we're fortunate enough to be the number one. Keller Williams team in, in our tri, what we call the Tri County area here. Nice and um, yeah, growing, growing our, trying to grow our business and add folks and really build them uh, up as business, uh, you know, kind of mini business owners within right. kind of our business and uh, and you know just kind of doing that while doing our own. Um, I want it sounds terrible, but while doing our own transactions as well, working on our business, but also helping others grow a business so that they can live a life uh, by design rather than you know, just kind of going with the reactions to life. Yeah, that's nice, man. So you obviously have uh, some uh, recognizable leadership skills because you were Nantan, you were Sector Q, and uh, you're kind of a leader in your own um, workplace. So how has F3 helped you uh, grow as a leader and, and has it translated into your mammon, into your workplace? Good question. Um, I think it's, it's given me a, a, a different perspective just as far as um, being able to see that more 30,000 foot view on things rather than getting granular mm-hmm. uh, and kind of seeing how things, whether you're, what you do here may affect something down the line. I've got some domino that you don't know of that may, if you're just looking small, you're not going to see it. Yeah. Right. Um, and um, my, my wife had actually has more of a, a, a hands-on leadership role in our, in our bit, the way our business dynamic is set up. Um, and she's a phenomenal business leader, uh, in her own right. And, um, but we, we, we obviously talk and bounce things off of each other all the time. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's just a, a, an opportunity to see things from a virtuous way, mm-hmm. you know, from F3, uh, whereas talking, you know, talking with candor or, uh, whatever it is from the Q, some, you know, just concepts kind of from the Q source, right. uh, you know, that leadership training manual. I know not everyone listening to this is an F3 person, but F3 is kind of leadership um, manual, if you will, hitting some of those topics and just being able to have exposure to those and apply those, um, you know, kind of throughout, throughout the business world, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice, man. And so how did you become Nantan? Uh, well, um, we, my wife and I quickly figured out that the Bay area was just not going to be home for us long-term. Um, just, uh, you know, we had lived in Charlotte, a little bit of culture shock going to the Bay and you mentioned home prices uh, yeah. being expensive in California. The Bay area of California is that much more um, just because of all the tech industry and the high salaries and, and, and whatnot. And so, you know, um, the, the, just wasn't our spot, right? So we quickly uh, figured out that we wanted to get out of the Bay Area and relocate. Uh, and so we landed on the Sacramento area um, because my wife has family history here. And so we thought, you know, nobody lived, lived here at the time. 
but we thought, you know what, it's a good, she's got some, some knowledge of the area from growing up and mm-hmm. uh, we thought, check it out and kind of find where we land and found a great little town called Rockland. And very quickly after we moved or well, really, but as we were moving the guys, the packs in the Bay area, were like, well, you, you know, you're taking it with you, right? Like, uh, it, you know, yeah. you know, you start it there because there was nothing here uh, at the time. It was, you know, there was, you looked at the F3 map, very blank <laughs> around Sacramento. Um, F3's got this national map with a bunch of little shovel flags, right? On those icons. Yep. And it was as blank as can be uh, in the Sacramento area. And so uh, in, in Dred's book and OBT's book of Free to Lead, they talk about when a guy moves, it usually takes about six months to kind of get yourself ready to start a new region, right? And it, that was about, I think I was about five and a half months. So mm-hmm. he was, that, 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 and it wasn't a purposeful like waiting period, but it was, you know, you got to get yourself, the kids established in school. You got to get yourself just into the flow of life or the rhythm of life in your new, yeah. your new surroundings. And then you can think of starting F3 because if you do it backwards, that's not a good thing either, right? Yeah. So uh, I just happened to be the guy that moved here. And, um, in a, uh, my first career out of college, um, I was, a um, uh, element, I was at a small Christian school. I was an elementary and middle school PE teacher and also athletic director. So I had a little bit of background experience in kind of coordinate with my athletic director role of coordinating things of this, I'm going to say of this nature, mm-hmm. uh, coordinating teams, coordinating schedules, things like that being organized. And so I think that really uh, helped me and played into a, helped be a strength to kind of get some stuff set up here. But yeah, when, when we were, when we told the guys in the Bay area, we were moving, they said, Oh yeah, I'm sure you're going to do it. And finally they were just kind of like, okay, when are you doing this? Right. <laughs> let's, let's, let's put a shovel in the, in the, in the ground 88. Let's go. Come on. So how did you go about it? Did you create your own SLT first? No, um, because we moved here again, not knowing anybody. Right. Um, we, we had to, from the ground up, um, it wasn't like um, we, in the F3 olden days, we'll call it, where they would do what they call a leap launch, where they'd have this kind of big, uh, kind of formalized, if you will, like, hey, we're starting in Sacramento. Who do you know? Let's gather a big list. Let's fly guys from the nation out there. There was none of the pomp and circumstance of that. It was, uh, you know, me talking to uh, who who became the what F three calls the first follower, right? I was met a guy uh, named Evan at church in our small group, and I said we were sitting at a table uh, in in our church building, and I said, "Hey, I'm going to be starting this workout thing." And before I could barely get the whole sentence out of my mouth, he said, "Yes, I'm in. When do we start? What can I do?" Nice. And he then became, fast forward, he became the second Nantan of Gold Rush mm. uh, two and a half years later, which was really cool. Yeah. Uh, but at the beginning, I was kind of the, the one-man band, right? I was Nantan, I was comms, I was, yeah. you know, uh, not needing a weasel, a weasel shaker. But we did get to that point where there was enough guys that we were, and we had a, a couple of AOs going. Uh, you know, we were multiple days of the week, and I I. I I pulled in several guys, kind of handpicked, you know, Paunch, who became Nantan after me, um, Possum, um, um, Conair, Hall Pass. I'm going to forget somebody. Um, 
Ding, I think Dingy was on that first one. Um, a couple against several guys, and just and 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 Ra- uh, Rabbit was our comms guy. And I said, "All right, anybody else that needs to be in this conversation?" I probably didn't do it, you know, by the book, if you will, because we had the, you know, all the assigned roles: Weasel Shaker, first, second, third F. Mm-hmm. And then I said, "All right, who are a couple other voices of?" of just of wisdom that can, that should be in this room, right. That should be in these conversations. So we added like, I think three extra guys and that became our first SLT. Um, but it was also a goal of mine. Um, and that functioned well, but it was a goal of mine to, when I handed off to Ponch to kind of train the SLT down to what it most regions know of it as today, which is kind of the assigned roles because we had three guys who really didn't have a role. They just were kind of a voice and they felt flound like they were flapping in the breeze with no, no no real purpose, right? If you don't have a purpose, you're just kind of like, why am I here? What am I doing? I feel like I'm dead weight. And so um, after having some conversations with those guys, they, they totally got it. And, 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 and so that was a, a goal of mine before I handed off was to kind of tighten up the SLT. Nice. So, man, just planted his own shovel flag. And guess what? He started F3 Gold Rush. He did. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys had a, a, a lot of growth since then. We did. We did. We, you know, for those listening who are maybe in those younger regions, don't, don't, don't have the expectation that your region is going to blow up overnight. It's a, it's a grind. Uh, We went one Saturday workout uh, only just one location for a year. Mm -hmm. That's all we had. And I, I can remember the day we had double digits for the first time, like probably seven, eight, nine months in, Mm-hmm. And we were like high five and like, it's not about the numbers, but 10 kind of cool. Right. Yeah. Uh, and now we can, you know, on like the day after uh, Christmas, we can get 10, you know, at, at like four AOs. Right. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it takes time. COVID was very good to our region. <laughs> uh, I, I, it sounds kind of weird to laugh about it, but we didn't go dark. We, we went dark on social media, but we didn't, uh, we gave guys the option. We just said, Hey, if you want to come out, come out. If you don't, don't, we're going to social distance through this. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're all adults here. You can make your own choices. However you see 2020 working out for you, do your thing. Um, but we're not necessarily going to close down everything. And um, we were, we couldn't plant, shovel flags fast enough there was a week or there was one i remember two different weeks one week we launched four aos in one week and by, and we do aos an ao for gold rush is one single workout on one day of the week yeah um, i know many, many regions call an ao and then an ao works out like three days a week right um for for us each ao is one single opportunity to work out if that makes sense yeah you may use a location two days a week or three days a week but that's that would be like two different AOs for us. That's what we do. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that second week, we, that other week we launched five. So that, I mean, in 2020, I think we added, I want to say we added 20 AOs in that year. Mm. That sounds very, very workouts. anti-California. I was just going to say, can we email a link to this podcast to Gavin Newsom? Yeah. Office? That sounds very anti-California, <laughs> you know, not shutting down, but you guys going out there, but or, it's cool. But it's cool to hear that that's when they expanded the most. Because yeah. think of it. I mean, that, Everybody go home and stay in your little box and don't interact and don't be social with anybody. Right. right. Yeah. And, you know, get, get the shot, you know, fear for your lives, you know, uh, try and prevent every death that you possibly can. Uh, but 
instead like dude let's we got to get together right we, we, you, you I think know. we noticed that guys were just craving connection. Yeah, yeah. And, it's all taken away. And and F three served as an opportunity to connect. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, face to face rather than um, through a screen or um, you know, we were we were doing it doing it safe, um, keeping mm-hmm. our distance. We've got some really funny photos to look back at. Right. You know, where we're like spread out across like a, like 30, you know, like a, like a 30 yard front to back spread, you know? Um, but you know, they're funny to look at now, but that's what, that's what, that's what helped us grow. And it, it, it got, you know, guys, guys bought in and, you know, then it F3, the F3, uh, kind of machine of connection took over, you know, next thing you know, you know, we were doing the, the second F stuff and then next thing you know, a few third F things come in and then shield locks start and right. Q source getting, getting regular Q source. Uh, we do Q source every Saturday and then we also do it. We do, we have one weekday uh, Q source uh, opportunity here in our specific gold rush region. Mm-hmm. Um, and so getting that going and, and guys really connecting with that. And I got to give a, a shout out to possum. Um, that's just a huge you know, Q source is a huge passion of his within F3 mm-hmm. and you know, he's, he really drove that early on. And, uh, so big shout out to possum. Hey, I'm, I'm just curious, your observations, um, uh, during that rapid growth during COVID were, were they mostly guys that were, f- that were already kind of into their fitness and healthy lifestyle that had getting, gotten driven out of the gym type of setting or were the, or, or were they guys? There was they, definitely they... plenty of that, but okay. I think I would say it was more of a mix because they would come um, and post for the first time and then they'd start bringing their friends who may, may or may not have been in the gym. Yeah. Um, but we were there. I mean, we were averaging, there was a time if I remember right, we were averaging like 35 FNGs a month. Wow. I mean, we were tracking it. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was nuts. Absolutely nuts. Yeah, I was curious because you know, to, to me, the other thing that happened during COVID, and I like I preach this, so, but it's like everybody's fearful of death. It's like, but mm-hmm. yeah, like, let's think about health as a whole. Like, COVID really still has a pretty small chance of getting you, right? Compared to heart disease, yeah, you know, and all the risk factors that go along with it. So yeah, that's that's what kind of why I was curious whether guys were having an awakening on, hey, I, I better get fit. You know, not just be fearful of COVID from a health perspective, but be fearful of you know of I'm overweight and I've got high blood pressure and diabetes and all those things or, or were guys that were just craving yeah. some type of fitness setting that had been t- taken away from them. Yeah. Great point. Um, did anybody, as far as you know, did anybody during that time contract COVID and have a bad outcome? No bad outcomes that I'm aware of. Nobody, we, we, um, we did definitely had guys contract it and yeah, they guys were great about it as far as typically they, you know, be responsible and let the guys at that workout know, like, hey, <laughs> just to let you know. Um, and I was at that workout with you. Um, yeah. See you guys in a couple weeks. So um, we definitely had that. Um, and I'm sure there was, you know, we don't, obviously we didn't, nobody tracks anything, but um, I'm sure that stuff like that happened, but nothing catastrophic at all. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a, that's a great little commentary, isn't it? It is. I think. Yeah. All right, awesome, dude. So, did you guys have a grow ruck out there in Gold Rush? He sure did. I thought he so. sure did. I got a speaking. You mentioned Gobbler earlier. He's yeah. a he's a buddy of mine. Um, he called me. Um, I want to say it was 
late October or early November of 2020 and said, Hey, 88, um, we see you, you know, we see you guys are growing. And he was the head of Grow Rock at that time. And he said, Hey, oh, we see you guys are growing. Um, would you want to host a Grow Rock? And I said, Yes, but we have zero, like nobody here rocks, like nobody, yeah. zero. We had, right. That's how many rockers we had, zero. Um, I said, but let's, I knew the value in it. I'd never done one, mm-hmm. but I knew, you know, I consume a lot of F3. Right. <laughs> and so I, I, I would, you know, I watched the, the documentary video. Um, I, I actually showed that to, we, we did an SLT retreat uh, that, that year, that, that winter uh, up in Tahoe. And I showed the, one of our e- adventure uh, activities one evening was to watch the documentary on, I think it was uh, GTE 17. Um, and that lit the fire under the SLT. And I said, Hey, with this, we'll do like, we're doing this a year from now. Uh, let's, let's build a rucking culture. Yeah. And so we went from literally zero and went through the whole, um, for guys who are listening to this. And, and if you were there at the beginning of rucking in your region, the whole evolution of it, of, you know, guys buying the budget packs and then figuring out, Oh, this is pack isn't for me. I'm going to step it up a pack. And then, all of a sudden, those things multiply around the region, and all of a sudden, uh, it 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 blows up in your region in a good way, right? And uh, it was a it was really cool. Um, I actually had handed off Nantan by then um, when we hosted it. It was November uh, of twenty one that we hosted uh, GTE twenty five, and um, so it was. I uh, I was that was the first one I served as a trainer. Um, for the G, for the Grow Ruck um, program, and it, my, it was also my first Grow Ruck, which was a unique experience, a semi-unique experience. I know I'm not the only one who's done that, but it's a unique experience to do that, to see it kind of from the behind the curtain, if you will. Right. Uh, your first experience uh, was unique, but uh, yeah, it was a great time. There, there's still stories talked about it all the time. We'll be doing something in a workout, and somebody will, will, will say, you know, oh, the Grizzly, because uh, that's what we called it. Um, so yeah, it was a great event and, um, you know, we're, we're excited cause there's another one coming to Sacramento next year in a different region. So we're really excited. Oh, cool. So I didn't know you could, I didn't know they had trainers back then. I thought that was a relatively new thing. Cause we know a couple people that went through the, what I thought was the first trainer course down in Texas. Um, and- yeah, they had them, um, for several years and then they wanted to expand the team. Um, and so they did, uh, the trainer Academy and, yeah. um, and, and, and did that whole bit in K I think it was in Katie. Yeah. And, and then those guys, um, you know, kind of, kind of came into the fold, if you will. And they really, um, in a, in a good way, uh, with, with Linus, Kedri, Danny, mm-hmm. um, heading the charge, leading the charge over for the whole thing. Um, it's really, I think been, been beefed up as far as organization and, you know, building up the trainer team and the cadre team as they were very separate. I think they were very siloed before, mm-hmm. uh, not a lot of um, interaction cross interact, you know, with, with the teams, but now, uh, in the past, in the past year, they've really brought those two teams. Um, while we do very different things, they brought them together and there's really kind of a camaraderie around, around that group as well, which is kind of cool. Cause again, we live in all parts of the country mm-hmm. and so we see each other, uh, on me on Zoom, we do have meetings, but we do see each other in person. If you you know when we travel, and I, I mentioned in my in what you read at the open, uh, you know I'm I'm doing 
I'm traveling for two of them this year. I did St. Louis a couple months ago, and then I'll be in Boise um, uh, in September uh, for their 24-hour uh, event. Cool. What are they calling that? The big potato? I forget what they're calling it off the top of my head. You put me on the spot. Um, I've, I forget. That's okay. <laughs> There's a, so Dallop and I have talked about this on the podcast a lot about doing grow ups, blah, blah, blah. We talked about it every, last week's episode, every episode with Toilet Genius. Yeah, pretty much every episode. We don't have a rucking culture here. I tried to get it started. Um, I planted the shovel flag here and I was Nantan. Now Dallop's Nantan uh, relatively recently. But I've had two different guys that we tried name as Ruck Q, and they tried, and, and it just didn't work. Did you name a Ruck Q when you tried to build your rucking culture, or did you just start saying we, some of these workouts are going to be rucks? We didn't. We we planted a Ruck TT Ruck Ruck Physical Training AO, like a Ruck focused AO, which was not necessarily just like distance. It wasn't to get right. miles in. Yeah. It was to use your Ruck as a coupon. Got it. Yeah. And, and that, that's, that AO is still going today. Uh, they haven't, that one hasn't been like we, 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 the only reason that one came about was because, Hey, we're hosting grow rock. Let's start training for it and use this AO as it, and it's got its, you know, every region, you know, rucking's not for everybody and that's okay. Um, but it's good for everybody. It's good for your fitness, um, as has been talked about. Um, but, uh, you know, it's got, it's got its faithful guys every week. It's a Monday for us. And it's fun to see, you know, that there's, that there's six regions around Sacramento. It's fun to see that there are ruck based AOs at several, I, I think actually, if I think off the top of my head, I think each of the, the regions, the six regions has one or two, uh, rucking AOs. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of them do a Sunday, uh, Sunday morning ruck. They'll go nine from like 5.30 to 7, they'll do a 90-minute, just a slick, just get some miles in, get like five, five, five and a half miles in um, before many of you guys go to church. And I'll go to that one occasionally, but it's a good time just to get out and uh, get some miles under your under your ruck. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I mean, yeah, I don't know. We, we keep talking about that, but we still haven't made any progress on it. Yeah. I, but we've had the guys from Cape Fear pushing hard, campaigning hard for Dialup and I to come down to their ruck in uh, November. I heard that when you talked with beauty, shout yeah. out to beauty. He's a stud. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you can get down there, even if I think one of you said you have a bad back, if you can get there and do support, that's it. That's just as, just as impactful. It can be as impactful. Well, that's, that would be me. I'm so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not putting weight on my back anymore. I've had two back operations, one just in February. So getting under a log and yeah, carrying rucks for that's probably a bad idea. So yeah, I, I jump on support. Yeah, but and they're doing a king builder on the deck of a battleship, so that that's enticing. There you go. There you go. So I could do that, and yeah, and then then the support stuff. I'll just walk around with the water. Here, dial up. Have some water. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> All right, cool, man. So, um, if somebody wanted to be a trainer, how do they go about it? Um, they would need to contact Cadre Danny. Um, I think right now, I think they're, they're going to, don't quote me on this. I, I could be way off. I, the number one would be contact Kedra Danny or, uh, Noonan. They're both on the F3 nation Slack, uh, very available on there. Uh, I think they're going through the, through the model where they want guys to go through these trainer or cadre Academy to kind of join the team. Uh-huh. Um, but I could be wrong. I could be, I could be a hundred percent wrong on that. Mm-hmm. So reach out to Kedra Danny. Uh, Danny Stokes or Linus on Nation Slack or uh, Noonan. Um, he's out of uh, ENC. Um, 
on the nation's Slack, and they, they'd be the two guys to talk to. Okay. What's the difference between a trainer and a cadre? Like you said, they're totally different to do totally different things. So what do you do differently? Like during the GTE? Great functional question. Um, so the trainer's uh, role is uh, kind of think of it more like a kind of like an MC, kind of like an MC, but like an involved MC for the weekend. We host. Uh, there's typically two per event. We host or co-host the uh, Friday night rally. So there there is some talking points at the rally to kind of uh, you know get kick the weekend off. Uh, we we cue or or lead the King Builder uh, mm-hmm. convergence Saturday morning. Uh, which has its, um, you know, um, leadership um, te- uh, pieces built into that as well. Then we uh, facilitate the um, the growth school, which is going through the leadership manual, that Q source, and yeah. that's typically, you know, three and a half to three and a half hours. It depends on on the length, and um, I, that's one of the you know opportunities where the guys who participate in that. Uh, event can sit around a table and and chat and there is time where the trainers are up front sharing Um, you know uh, for example at St. Louis most recently we were up there sharing those guys know their cue source they they have a strong regular cadence of talking and discussing and going through the cue source material so they they know what vape is they know what all of the um the little acronyms and terms within Q source and, and, and kind of the ins and outs of it. So what we did was kind of tailor it to, Hey, you know, you guys know the material. Let's, we're going to share some personal um, stories about how it applied maybe to us or a situation we were in. And then the really the gold in it is for the, for the packs to be able to talk to each other and bounce ideas off of each other and learn from each other. Um, and then, and, also, and build those bonds. And then the trainers also, um, go and participate, uh, not participate, that's the wrong way to say it now, because they used to participate just like a, pa- a regular PAX would. Right. For the event. They would go under the log, as we call it. They put their, you know, their 30-pound rucksack with all the extra gear, taking it up to approximately 50 pounds, you know. They'd go, they'd get in formation, they'd do all of the overnight piece with the guys, right? This year, they've they've shifted that model where the trainer... Now, uh, kind of the term we're using is what's called, we kind of call it a PAX whisperer, uh, where we're there with each of the platoons, each of the groups that are broken up throughout the night. We're typically assigned to one of them, and uh, you're with those guys. So you're kind of, you're like not an extra set of eyes, but you're a set of eyes that can go up to a cadre, and I'll talk about them in just a second, but you go up to a cadre and say, hey, you know, this guy, you know, he's, he's, his mind is kind of drifting. I'm going to, I'm going to talk with him for a second. Um, you kind of, you know, you, you can get into a guy's ear and just say, Hey, remember why you're here? Why are you doing this event? Mm-hmm. You know, what, think of your, you know, is it, is it for your, for your wife, your M or, you know, think of her right now, do it for, or doing it. You're doing this for your kids. Like think of them right now. Think of how proud they're going to be tomorrow morning when they see you uh, at the end or when you get home. Um, and then, so that's kind of what the trainers do throughout the night. They're just kind of there. Um, in and around, we're, we're able to step in if needed. Um, for example, St. Louis, I didn't need to necessarily. Um, you know, our rucks don't have the you know the the the, the thirty pounds in it for overnight anymore because um, we want to be able to be there and be able to float in and around. Mm-hmm. Whereas the cadre on the flip side, their primary um, role is to lead and facilitate 
the overnight ruck. Mm-hmm. Uh, a huge undertaking. The logistics on that and the um, the safety that goes into that and planning and scouting. <clears throat> excuse me is a monumental task that they take on and they do, I mean, they do a phenomenal job uh, doing that and making sure that everyone uh, gets the, the leadership aspect of it because it'll, it kicks you in the pants, but at the same time they're there kind of with that, that tough love where they, they know that, you know, the, the guys doing this know that they, this guy's going to bring it to me all night long, but at the end of this, he's going to give me a hug, a handshake, put a patch in my hand at the end of this event and tell me he's proud of me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're very different roles. Um, you know, the, the, the cadre come in, you know, they come in with intensity. They, they, have, they have to. That's what, that's what commands respect at this event. And it's a really neat dynamic. And they're just a bunch of both cadre and trainer team guys. Ultimately, they care about other men and growing their leadership. These men who want to grow their leadership, and they're just here to help facilitate that, which is really cool. Nice. All right. You want to be a cadre? You know what? I have had, uh, I'm not going to say it hasn't crossed my mind. Um, I'm just on the fence to be honest. I don't, I don't know. Um, I enjoy the trainer role. Um, don't know how long I'll do it, but, um, don't know if I want to be a cadre or not. Not sure. Okay. Uh, what's your, what's your passion? What's your D2X? What's your purpose? one of the trickiest questions my whole life that I've had to answer or tried to answer. And I think it's just being able to connect with people. I'm, I, I have this knack for um, making, making connections uh, with people. I think it, it played well when I was sector Q. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can, I can get to know people and, and, in other ways. And I'm not, if, if people are listening to this and they're on the nation Slack, they see me, I'm pretty active on the downrange channel, mm-hmm. uh, as far as connecting guys when they travel. Um, and so just being able to connect and make sure guys are, can get what they resources that they need, uh, when they, when they need them or when they can't get something, I, I you know, it's just being able to be, uh, a, a resource for someone else. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's, that's a good, it's a good thing to do, brother out there helping other people. All right, dial up. You got any more questions before we hit them with the two biggies? No, I can't think of anything. All I know. Right. I, I asked. No, I did ask a bunch of good questions, though. You did. During, you did. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think yeah. I used mine all up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, eighty-eight. We always ask our guests uh, two questions at the end. Uh, it may lead to more questions, but for the most part, these two questions. So, the first one is: uh, if you had to name somebody that in the past or present, somebody you know, somebody from you know history, whatever that you would say is your inspiration, your hero somebody you look up to, who would you name? You know, I listened to, when I listened to your podcast last week, it got me thinking on this and there's, there's I'm going to, I think I'm going to mention kind of three names, but just two are kind of related because two of them are my, my, my grandfathers. Uh-huh. Um, they were both very different people, um, but both I think very influential in people, men that I admired in life. Um, and then the other one was more of someone I don't know, but it's someone I just admired, obviously from afar, but that would be, uh, president Ronald Reagan, uh, read his, read his memoirs and just really, I read that. I think, I don't know if I read it in, I think I read it in, in college when it came out. Um, but they put a book out, uh, I think it was his diaries and just really a neat, a neat 
insight into his life. And it just really, you know, I, I look back in, on that book and just think, you know, man, he was just a, for what he, you know, the role he played for our country mm-hmm. and also what he did in other aspects of his life was just, you know, something to be admired. Wow. Is that a first? That's a first. First, but first a good one. one. Yes. A very I'm good shocked one. that we've went this long without someone saying him. I know. I know. I read a book about him. Uh, I have it up in my library. I'm not sure. It might have been written by Peggy Noonan, who is his speechwriter, one of his speechwriters. But uh, yeah, I read a biography by by Reagan. And yeah, an outstanding guy, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's uh, unflinching. Cool. Growing up in LA, the, the Reagan library is not far from where I grew up. Yeah. And so been able to been out to that site and visit it and, you know, see some of his, you know, the artifacts that they have there. And yeah. they have an Air Force One there that, that was his during his presidency. So that was kind of cool to walk through that and, you know, just spend time on the grounds there and, you know, kind of feel connected to somebody you never knew. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who was president uh, when I was born, but, uh, you know, had a big impact on the world and our, in our country. Yeah, for sure. That's, you know, I, I, I'm going to, I'm a history buff, so I got to tell you this. So for those that don't know, and I'll bet you a lot of people don't know much about Ronald Reagan. You know, obviously he was in movies and stuff, but during the time that he was an actor, they had this the Screen Actors Guild or whatever, and uh, communism was taking root in our nation. At and a lot of the Hollywood people were sort of embracing communism, and he and John Wayne uh, and maybe some other guys, but they were the ones that are most outspoken. And I think he may have become president of the Screen Actors Guild. I can't remember. But he was fighting communism in like, you know, the 50s yeah. and 60s or whatever. And uh, and then he obviously got involved in politics. But he was a guy who was a, a real leader, a virtuous leader. And he was able to bring people together, but yet still he had candor. Yeah, right. Right? And Absolutely. I think, I think that may be part of what, you know, I mentioned earlier is bringing people together and, and mm-hmm. connecting people and you know, that's just always been something that, you know, yeah, you may, whatever, whatever, uh, part of life you want to apply this to, but you may have a different view of something than me, but you're, you're still just another person. Let, let's, let's find a way to work this out. Yep. Yeah. I'm reading a book right now. It's a, it was, it's a, uh, biography of a guy who became a Navy SEAL, but he grew up in Poland behind the iron curtain was born in 1960. And the stories that he tells about growing up in a socialist state, cause that's what it was run by the communist party, but a socialist state. People need to know this. You know, most people in our country don't know this. They don't know what real, what happens when socialism takes root. But one of the heroes of the Polish people was Ronald Reagan, Pope John <clears throat> Paul II and Ronald Reagan. Because yeah. he, he uh, in, uh, imposed sanctions on Poland uh, because of their, uh, the way they were treating people and, and stuff. And, uh, and the Polish people were like, yeah, bring more sanctions. They're the ones suffering from the sanctions. Mm-hmm. But they wanted it, and they they and Reagan was outspoken against the evils of communism and socialism. Yeah, yeah, great, great choice, brother. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, so the last question is: This is your chance to speak to the men of America. What's your message for the men of America? I think uh, one thing I'd you know I was obviously thinking on this as well is is it's just that. It, life is a, is truly a journey and we're all in a different place and you don't have to end where you are now Mm. and, you know, enjoy that process. You know, life may take you left when you think you need to go right uh, or you think you need to 
uh, kind of stay where you are, wherever that, whatever that is, whether it's a job or where you live or, um, you know, if, uh, you, if life may throw you a twist here or there and, uh, you know, you just got to go with that. And, 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 and if, if, if you're a, you know, a, a believer in a higher power, uh, like I am, you trust that that's God. And for me, that's God. And, um, you, you know, you trust, you trust his leading, we trust his leading and whatever that is, um, you know, the journey is going to, going to take you where you need to go. And, uh, you know, I, I, I tell my wife, I'm always, you know, wherever you know, we, we love where we live and wherever, wherever we are, I'm, I'm, I'm happy because home is home is where we are. Yeah. And wh- wherever that is, you know, it could be a job. Like I said, it could be, could be your actual physical home. Uh, but life is a journey and just enjoy that journey wherever you're, whatever part of it you're on. Nice. Great message. Yeah. We didn't talk much about your faith. What, what is your faith? I grew up in the Christian church. Um, I grew up going to a Baptist church um, and then has, I guess just uh, migrated, I guess, to this non-denominational. I'm sure some churches my wife and I have gone to, uh, we've moved a bunch uh, through our 13 years of marriage, but I'm sure some of the churches we've gone to have had a denominational affiliation of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, um, you know, I guess we, I guess, I guess gravitate towards the non-denominational, you know, evangelical church yeah they're talking to two baptists right here man (laughs) there we go yeah there we go a deacon and an elder i'll let you figure out which is which (laughs) (laughs) i'm older so (laughs) that's not the qualification but turns out to be true all right well thanks brother i really appreciate you being on i think it's great uh, having you yeah yeah it's great to meet you uh, maybe uh maybe one day our our paths will cross i don't know if i'll ever be in sacramento but uh, you never know you never know, and if you are, hit hit us up on Slack, and we'd love to love to host you. And I I mentioned in the little write up that you read out off the off the top here. I I, I have gotten around a little bit, and my wife mm-hmm. and I do enjoy to get around the country a bit, uh, if as we can, as obviously as as funds allow. And so, um, you know, maybe when I'm in your neck of the woods on my way to you guys yeah if you're ever in north yeah. central pennsylvania come on down <laughs> there we go my, we uh my wife and i were out to san francisco yosemite and a bunch of areas years ago our, our daughter was just born she stayed home with my parents and uh my daughter wants to get back to yosemite and into the san francisco area so she's got to get through pa school here once she does that then we're planning a another trip out there i want to spend some time in yosemite again so that'd be the perfect there you time, go. perfect time to hit you up so awesome awesome so hopefully, hopefully i see you in two to three years <laughs> <laughs> well dial up i think we just spoke to another high impact man yes we did i forgot to say it at the end of the we last did say episode. That, yeah, we did forget that last episode so our genius, i'm sorry it. i didn't say that but yeah you are a high impact man as well great to meet you 88 likewise yeah brother god bless Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I would like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high-impact man. More information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com. If you like this podcast, please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com. That is H-I-M at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week. And you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast platforms. Have a great week, everyone.